Good morning, Gateway. So I was kind of laughing this morning, uh, first service, because the last time that I preached, I was in Marmette. And um, it's a funny story, because I hadn't been to Marmette since COVID started, and so I didn't remember that it was about an hour drive from my house in Mason County. So I got up, and I was ready to rock, had to be there at 11. I think I left the house about 10, 15, because I actually thought it was 45 minutes instead of an hour. Along with some other stuff, like my wife said she had a flat tire in her car, and I had to check it and make sure it was good to go. Long and short was, I made it to Marmette right in time to walk into the first song, which, as you know, you really shouldn't do that if you're preaching. So I was here this morning in time for first service. I want everybody to know that. I did make it. I was available for first service. But I hope you guys are, uh, are having a great Sunday starting out. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm really glad to see fall settling in with some nice uh, temperatures and weather and some leaves starting to change. With that being said, let's dive into some prayer and then we'll hit this sermon. Father, thank you for the beauty that surrounds us daily that we take for granted. Thank you for allowing us uh, the opportunity to be able to make it to this house of worship, to meet with our brothers and sisters and just have some fellowship in your name. God, there's a lot of illness out there right now. Father, I pray you put your hands on those that are ill and strength to those around them. Father, I pray for my brothers that are bringing the message in Beckley and Marmette and St. Albans. Uh, let it be your spirit speaking through them so that you're glorified, Father. And I pray the same for, for today, for right here, right now, Father, that it's your spirit, your words, not mine. Father, bless this message. Open the hearts and minds of those that are going to hear it. We love you. We praise you. And it's in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are, three weeks into this, ser into this sermon series titled Available, and we hope that by now you felt a little bit of stirring, a little bit of tugging in your soul to what, um, what abilities, what gifts you have. At this point, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and exalted, when he was confronted with his sin, when his son was wiped away, he immediately answered the call of the Lord and he said, I'm in. I'm in. Do with me what you will. As we've been working our way through this SHAPE acronym, we discuss how we have been shaped and formed by God for ministry in His church. We believe that God had this hand in making us. That I, my, my boys watch this show called Spy Kids, and there's one movie that there's this crazy little guy that forms characters with mold and clay. And he just does this real quick little thing like that. I believe that's how God makes us. I believe that's how God makes us specifically designed with abilities and gifts. In Job chapter 10, verse 8, Job says, Your hands shaped me and made me. I believe that to be true. We are made with that purpose, with that, that ability. We've already covered the first two letters of the SHAPE acronym talking about discovering and using spiritual gifts in the first week. We talked about allowing God to stir something in you, in your heart, and being willing to become the answer to your own prayer last week. And that brings us to the letter A this morning. Are we good? Okay. About making ourselves available to God with our abilities. Each of us have unique abilities or talents that can be used in the service of the Lord. Have you all ever watched America's Got Talent? I know usually around bedtime in our household, there's American Ninja Warrior and America's Got Talent. Now, you all know for America's Got Talent, it could be singing, 
could be dancing, could be the magician who drops the, you know, the axe on his head and he survives or gets out of the cage filling up with water, all of the above. And then you got the occasional guy who can get the ABCs. Now, for those of you with kids, you know that when they see this, it is automatic they have to try it. Mine are sitting over there, they can confirm, they will try it. But that's, you know, there's so many different talents, there's so many different abilities out there in this world that, man, we sometimes put ourselves in a box, right? If we, if we don't have this particular talent, which everybody else maybe does, then we're not, something's not right with us. That's sometimes how we view things. So unlike a spiritual gift, your talents and abilities may or may not be directly useful in the kingdom, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't use them to enjoy them. Remember Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 13, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Last week, we looked at the life of Nehemiah and his passion and heart for his people in the city of Jerusalem. And in his passion, he inspired a whole city full of a whole bunch of different people with a whole bunch of different abilities to build a wall. I don't know about you, but I would love to be able to lead that way, to be able to inspire such a diverse group of people to do one thing, to come around for one goal, to build this wall. This morning, we're going to be going through Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14 where Jesus tells the parable of the talents. Not America's got talent talents. Talents like money. Like uh, probably, in, just as an example, probably a talent is worth $1,000. So kind of keep that in your head while we're going through it. While there is um, talk about this money, all right, pay attention to the deeper meaning of the parable. It's more than just about the money. If you will, hear your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 25. We'll start in verse 14. Here we go. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the masters of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold, and see, I have gained five more bags. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I know you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered your seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. 
See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have at least received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the funny thing about this when I read this is I remember back when I was a little kid and the generation of my grandparents, you know, came through the Great Depression, always talked about hiding money in coffee cans, burying them out in the backyard, right? How many of you ever took a shovel to dig for those cans of money? Anybody really? I mean, yeah, that's I, I did. And my kids probably need to. Um, there's some way back in the field. You'll be fine. Take as much time as you need. I do love my kids. But from that parable, we see that, um, and you got to put some effort into it. You got to have some work ethic. And sometimes I feel like that's something that doesn't get taught and brought across to generations coming up. But that's what we're going to talk about this morning. In this parable, we want to look at the four steps of using our abilities in the service of the Lord through the church. The first one is this. Know what you have. Know what you have. One of the notable things of this story is that the master didn't give an equal amount to each servant. To one he gave five, to one he gave two, and to one he gave one. In our world today, we tend to want to make everything the same, don't we? We want equality and everything across the board. Our society wants everyone to be free to express themselves however they see fit. To be whoever they want to be for that day. Yet ironically, by saying that everybody can do everything, we actually diminish our ability to make us different. To make us stand out. In our pursuit for equality, we have forgotten some strengths that make us different. In our pursuit to break down gender roles, we have forgotten what uniquely makes us man or woman. In our pursuit to be colorblind and in an attempt to diffuse racist tensions, we ignore some of the really cool things that make us unique. It's okay to be different. It really is. It's okay to be different. Not everybody's the same. It's okay to be different not to be able to do something that somebody else can do. Because most likely, you're really good at something. Maybe I don't know what it is yet, but you are really good at something. You know what? Maybe somebody else is really good at something that you're not. I'm a firm believer that I can tell you 100% I am not a mechanic. 100% am not a mechanic. That's not a strength of mine. But you know what? I know people that are, so I can say, hey, that's your strength. It's not mine. Can you help? Using God's abilities, he can help. Understand whatever abilities you have or don't have, don't, it doesn't change the way that God loves you. It doesn't change that he designed you with that ability. Our society would do well to follow that model as well. If we didn't look down upon people or hurl insults at people or love people less because they can't do something as well as you can, then maybe we would get along a little bit better, 
Maybe we'd stop the divisions. No matter what your abilities are, they don't make you any less important to work for the Lord. In Jesus' parable, every man receives something. Even though they received different things or amounts, they all received something. We need to remember that though we may have been given different abilities than somebody else, or may have been given a different amount of strength for an ability, we have not been left empty-handed. We come to church and we see people doing things that maybe we might have an ability to do, but we don't. God didn't leave you empty-handed. Luke 12, in Luke 12, Jesus says this, To whom much is given, much is expected. I don't know if it scares any of you, but as a father, that scares me. Because I have been given a wife and two children that I've got to take care of. As a father, that scares me. I don't know if everybody looks at it that way or not. That's how I look at it, and that can scare me. Because the world we're living in today, it's tough. It's tough. My wife's a teacher, and you know what? She's in schools hearing the things they're talked about. I'm not in school. I don't know what's being talked about. But I've got to try and help combat that with her. It's tough. It's tough to teach my kids how to use their abilities and how to navigate societal issues. Moving on to number two, we've got to be willing to work. Gosh, we've got to be willing to work. Uh, my kids could sit here and tell you that I yell at them all the time to do something. Do something. How does the man with five talents double his investment? He works. He gets out and does something. Goodness sakes, have any of you interviewed somebody in the past year? Have any of you needed coworkers and you can't find them? Please, goodness sakes. It is awful right now. Getting people to work is awful. How many of you gone to the restaurants and you see the signs, help wanted? How many of you have stood in line for hours because there's no help? How many of you have paid attention to the supply chain knowing that there's a lot of stuff out there that's not going to get here when we think it's going to be? Amazon used to be one-day delivery, right? <laughs> that's funny. It is not one-day delivery very much anymore. Uh, we used to laugh because the Amazon truck came to our house more than uh, our neighbor did. And, well, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. But we, we've got to be willing to work. We've got to teach work ethic. We've got to have work ethic before you can teach work ethic. And in the church in particular, um, it's, I'm not, I'm not a, a part of our staff at Gateway, so I, I just get asked to come and help preach which is, is good for me because that's something that I studied and something that I enjoy doing. It's an ability that I enjoy uh, making light of. But i got to tell you, from a, from a perspective of church leadership, I know it's tough to have the sermons out there where you're begging people and saying, hey, listen, God gave you an ability. I know you have an ability. I really hope that you would ask yourself, reach down inside yourself, and say, what is my ability? How can I help the church? Not gateway, the church. Christ Church. If you're not part of a small group, this is something that we've, we've been on for a couple of weeks, um, going through the SHAPE acronym. And our, my, our group is a lot of fun. Um, man, we got some characters. 
myself included. I really feel bad for Brian because Brian leads our group. And he doesn't stand a chance most of the time. <laughs> and some of you are laughing because you know exactly what I'm saying. But Brian is, Brian is good um, at trying to help kind of fulfill us with understanding where we are and what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. But let me delve back in over here. Um, Jesus tells us in verse 16 that he went at once and put his money to work, talking about the man that, gave, that he gave five talents to. It's important that you don't miss this. He went to work. He knew that he had to do something with what he was given. It wasn't going to come easy to double his investment. He was going to have to need a lot of preparation and continued diligence with what he was doing. He put it to work, saw his talents double. A servant with two talents did the same thing. But the man received one talent, decided to bury it in the ground. What good is that going to do? What good is it going to do if you bury whatever it is that you've been gifted with? How does that help? How does it help you? How does it help the kingdom? How many times have you seen an athlete make it to the pros and bust? Because the first time... <laughs> For the first time in an athlete's life going from college to professional ball, I mean, the kid might be a stud. He might be awesome at what he's doing. By the time he gets to the big leagues, they're all the same. They're all studs. They're all good at what they're doing. You know the difference that separates them at that level? How much work are they willing to put into it? How much work are we willing to put into it? How much work are we willing to put into teaching kids? be it as a school teacher, be it in the nursery. I can tell you, you don't want me in the nursery because I'm going to sit in that lazy boy and I'm going to rock a child to sleep, but you know what? I'm going to rock me to sleep right there with him. That was a favorite time of day was nap time. Love nap time. But it doesn't change. Whatever you're doing, do it with, do it with spunk. Be ready. Hit it hard. Bring your work ethic to it. Some people are blessed with just that natural talent. All right? Some people are blessed with the ability to, to teach kids. Some people are blessed with the ability to sing. I can't tell you the amount of times I've preached at a church, small churches, kind of a little farther out in the sticks. And you get there, you show up time, and they say, hey, uh, you're going to lead singing too, right? No, man. No, I don't, I don't do singing. That's not my thing. You pick the wrong guy if you need somebody leading singing. Not saying that I wouldn't stand up there and just sound terrible and do it because they need it, but you don't want me singing. That's not, that's not what you want me to be up here to do. It's just not. So, not everybody has that gift, all right? We got a great worship band up here, but I wonder if you ask them, how many of them will tell you that they would want to step up here and preach? Maybe some of them, maybe not all of them. Maybe none of them at all. And I find it very interesting when it comes time for praying. Have you ever, have you ever taken a step back? If you're in a group or if you're some school or if you're just at your house meeting with some friends, listen to how people pray. Have you ever noticed that there are some people around you that can absolutely bend the ear of God with how they pray? Some people have that. That's a gift. 
Man, I, I got to tell you, that's a gift. But you know what? They can use that gift. And if, 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 they, if they can pray like that, I can assure you that they're using that gift. Some people like us have to work at it. I mean, I'm still, I'm still digging the, the lunchtime and dinnertime prayers of God is great, God is good. Well, let's get this show on the road because it's time to eat. And I have little kids, so I make a joke about that. But that's, that's our life sometimes, right? When we're trying to, to teach that generation growing up, the Christians that are coming up behind us, man, they got a lot to learn. We've got a lot to learn. We've got a lot to teach because, holy smokes, they're going to be in for it. Think about the disappointment of God when he sees you sitting on your amazing abilities instead of using them to work for the greater good. Think about the times that you've seen a need and just sat on it. Didn't mess with it. The times that you've been given the bulletin like everybody else that says, hey, we need this for this date. We need this for this date. We need this for this date. Think about the times that you've said no to church because you're too busy using your talents somewhere else. That one cuts deep. It cut me deep. What are the areas of the church that suffer or are unable to reach the loss because people choose not to put the work in? Proverbs 6, Solomon says this. Proverbs 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food in harvest. Now listen to the next few verses, 9 through 11. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. If you want to use your ambition in the service of the Lord, you can't be lazy. You can't be lazy at all. You have to be willing to work. You also have to get creative, which is number three this morning. Getting creative. The man with one talent lacked creativity when he came to what to do with his money. All he could do is to bury it. Uh, for whatever reason, that's all he could think about doing was just burying his money. He didn't have a creative way to make any money on top of it. Often the difference between success and failure is not in the amount of ability you have, but the amount of creativity you use. God can use whatever abilities you have for his glory and for his purpose. We know that. But you have to be willing to do your part and see the opportunities in front of you for how to use those abilities. Whatever your ability is, ask yourself, how can I use this to further the work of God, the work of the church? How can I help others with my abilities? How can I give God glory with my abilities? Earlier we mentioned that not every ability is for use in church. For instance, if you're a great uh, regurgitating, if you can burp great, that's not, a, a, that's not a gift or a talent that you can use in church unless you're in preschool, at which point they might laugh and think it's funny and start doing the same thing. Not always great. You know what's great? Um, Tim Hall. Um, Tim and Michelle are almost right now. But I remember when, when my little Mason was in preschool. We'd come on Wednesday night church 
And he's always looking for Mr. Tim. Always looking for Mr. Tim. You know why? Because Mr. Tim would wrestle with all of them for an hour. You know what's awesome about that is that Mr. Tim got his exercise in. The kids got some exercise in. The only problem was that when they left Mr. Tim, they still wanted to wrestle at home. (laughs) My point is, Mr. Tim had a gift. He had a gift with the kids. And he, he put it to use. He put it to great use. And my kids to this day will still remember Mr. Tim anytime, anywhere. And Mr. Tim is talented and gifted well beyond that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that particular gift that he had, man, he connects. He connects with the little ones, and it's awesome to watch. So my point is, just because your gift may not be necessarily centered, designed into a, a church uh, direction, you can still use it. It can still be used for God's glory. Our world is full of people who saw a need, who had an ability, and put those two together in a creative way to create new solutions. Each of us have that own unique ability, and you have to know what you have. You have to be willing to work on it, and you have to get creative with it. And then that leads us to number four, which is this. Have the right motivation. You've got to have the right motivation. When you look back at Jesus' parable in verse 25, the man with one talent says, I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. This man allowed fear to stifle his ambition and his creativity. And that fear will paralyze us and keeps us from reaching our full potential. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, and fear of criticism, fear of pain, those are all things that cripple our abilities as a Christian. What are the reasons in your life that are motivated by fear right now? What are the abilities in your life that you're letting the fear take away your ability? I don't, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I'm great or perfect because I'm not. That's kind of one of the things I like about preaching is that as I'm preaching, and studying the sermon, I'm really just looking in the mirror at myself, right? Uh, You get that chance to kind of really deeply reflect. But I do know that fear, man, it can hit you hard. We listen to the song in the car a lot, sing the song a lot in the car, fear is a liar. And man, it is a liar. For goodness sakes, it'll take you down if you let it. It'll hurt you if you let it. You've got to stop allowing that fear to motivate your inaction. Instead, let your love for Jesus motivate you and give Him all that you have. Let your obedience to Him motivate you and to follow Him in every way and everything that you do. One day we'll have to give an account for what we've done. And I hope for myself that I can stand before God and say, I didn't let fear destroy my ability for you. You know, as... As a person getting ready to take that step to follow Christ, you make that transition, and all of a sudden you've got, you just, you can breathe. Far too often we walk right out those doors saying, Man, I can breathe. It's so nice. I've got this gift of, of freedom, of eternal life. And that's it. That's the last of it. You got that gift and you went walking. That's it. But what have we forgot? 
we got that gift of eternal life, that gift of forgiveness, so that we can walk out that door and find the next person that isn't a Christian, that doesn't know Jesus, and share that gospel, that good news with them. That's why we have abilities and gifts. That's why God made us like that little cartoon character. You go that way. You go that way. You go that way. And when you and you and you and you and you, when you all come together, you can build a wall. And you and you and you, you can do this. We forget that. We forget that. So let, let that freedom of Christ motivate you. When you have some time with Jesus this week, ask him. Father, show me my gift. Point it out to me so that I can start using it. So that I can start being energetic for the cause of Christianity. That's a great book if you ever get a chance to read it. We've got to become... <laughs> Our society is in a very tough position right now for us as Christians. We've got to become tough. Have you ever seen the movie Taken with Liam Neeson? Most of you have. I would have loved to put a clip up on the, on the big screen, but quite honestly, I didn't have time to proof it, and I didn't want there to be anything bad said on church TV. So, you know the point in the movie where his daughter is over in Paris, and she's underneath the bed, and she's on the phone with Dad. Liam Neeson's an absolute stud, ex-CIA, right? So she's so afraid, she's talking to Dad, and Liam Neeson comically, he's like, so here's what's going to happen next. They're going to take you. you got to be ready for it but I'm going to come. And she gets taken. And then the bad guy gets on the phone and Liam Neeson starts talking and he's like, I've got a particular set of skills that can do really cool things. However, I will kill you. My point is, as a Christian, we need to adapt that same thought process. I've got a set of skills. Let's find out what that set of skills is and let's grow that. Let's put some work ethic behind it and let's take that out there. Because right in here, it's safe in here. It's comfortable in here. Get out there. That's where they need. That's where the gospel's needed. Man, it feels good in here. You know what? It feels real good in small group. It feels great in small group. Because I know all of you. I know that you're a Christian. And we're together. And that's great. Love it. But you know what? Out there, it's tough. It's not always like that. In that small group, you're a majority. Out there in the world, I can tell you as a Christian, you're not the majority, it seems like, anymore. So that's where the gospel is needed. This morning, as I, as I close in prayer, as uh, the worship band comes up, I ask you to, to dig into your heart, search it out, talk to God this week. See where you can be used, where he can use you the most. Put some work into that ability. If you need help uh, kind of fine-tuning that ability, you got all kinds of staff that love you here at Gateway. Reach out, ask the questions, see what they can do to help you. And we'll pray. If you will, stand up. We'll pray, and then uh, we'll start uh, our closing song. Father, thank you again for the ability to make it here to Father, to stand up in front of uh, a crowd of believers. Father, you've given us all gifts. Help us to find them. Help us to fine-tune those. Help us to utilize them for your glory. Father, not for my glory, not for 
an individual's glory, but for yours, Father, so we can do what you've tasked us with, which is you've given your son to us for freedom, for the ability to have eternal life. We've got to turn away from our old ways, our old sinful ways, Father, and we've got to start living for you. We've got to start telling the world about you again, Father. I feel like we've, we've missed that. I feel like we've stopped telling the world about you. Maybe they just stopped listening. Either way, Father, help us. Give us strength. Help us to do what you intended us for, Father. Father, we love you and we praise you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. If you, if you have a prayer need or you have a decision to make, I'll be up here to the right. Feel free to come and uh, see me.